0: is your classic metal show right here on the classic metal from that's the stuff release uh, that is autographed with uh, blondes and black cars and just before that we heard uh, rat from their ep version of back for more and uh, that one goes out by uh, email request to uh, gary uh, who's listening i don't know where he's from gary's scotra so there he goes gary
1: there you go, Gary. Nice call. Yep. <laughs> Unlike the autograph, man, yeah. man,
0: they stink. <laughs> they're just that. They're just that uh, bubble
1: gum poppy rock. You know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did, and it's funny because. I, I, I won't lie, I wore out Sign In, Please, when I was like 13 years old. Well, you
0: probably did. That's that's about the uh, age range that they were probably shooting for, uh, early teens.
1: I mean, they were. there was a one-two punch in 1984, I think, when that came out, of um, that album, Sign In, Please, and um, Jafria, the first Jafria with Call to the Heart. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. And those bands sound the same. They they absolutely sound. Well, damn, it,
0: it's that damn. whole synthesizer rock, you know, that very happy, happy,
1: poppy synthesizer rock. Yeah, just, boy, it did not hold up well. I, it it did not hold up well, well at all. Well, it,
0: it was it was an era though, because yeah, again, and we talked about this before, about the synthesizer music that that was so popular because the synthesizer had become uh, perfected to where right. everybody was using it. Oh yeah, even Rush bands like that started pulling in
1: synthesizers what? at that point.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember John Mellencamp, who's always been a straight ahead guitar, drums, bass, rocker guy. Mm -hmm. I I remember him doing an interview on MTV or something one time. It was, uh, I don't know, it was like in the late 70s, or not late 70s, I mean late 80s, where he was said, if I hear another band playing that synthesizer, I'm going to throw up.
1: (laughs) He's so right, though. (laughs) He was. He was spot on. It just was awful. It just... And, and, but at the time, you know, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't own all these albums. I owned "Sign In Please" from Autograph. I owned um, Jafria's self-titled debut and the second one, the one with um, th- that came out like a year later with um, "You Must Be Dreaming" or whatever right. That song. Right. Well, see, here's the thing. You
0: know, you you know absolutely what dro- what was driving all that. What uh, meet the uh, the record companies? No, what? MTV. Oh MTV, yeah, yeah. MTV was driving that. I mean, if you saw it on MTV and it was being played, and you know that that was, and again, this is no nothing new because we've talked about this a million times. Is mm-hmm. MTV was such a huge influence, yeah, on every band, you know, whether it was pop or rock or metal or or or. Uh, you know, new wave or whatever, if you saw it on MTV, that was, that was the thing to get. So rather, you know, looking back 30, 35 years now, it, you know, you go, man, that was a tough listen. boy, that was shit. But I owned it back then. It's just like, well, that's what people did. They go, oh my God, it's on MTV. That's cool. I got to get that.
1: Yeah, you really didn't have anything
0: better to compare. No, to, to, I mean, I mean, that was the thing. People
1: follow trends; they go with what's popular. Yeah. Yep. And and I, you know, it, it's weird too because I was at the age. Maybe if I was a couple years older, I will bet I would not have been into that kind of Probably stuff. Probably
0: not. But it, that wasn't geared toward uh, older audiences. That was for the the teeny
1: boppers. Right. Because I remember when I did the few really heavy bands that I discovered in the early 80s, my dad was like, You're not playing that in my fucking house. <laughs> you know, I, I can remember when I got Ride the Lightning because Ride the Lightning was my first taste of Metallica. Right. Of course. You know, and I got it. And I've told that story before. I got it at the CMJ convention and I brought it home and I was listening to it. And I'm, you know, I'm listening to Creeping Death or Call it a Cthulhu or whatever. And my, I just remember my dad. Busted into my room. He's like, what in the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, dad, it's this new record. It's, you know, I got it at the convention. Well, turn it off. Yeah. will not ever let me hear that shit in my house again. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't want to hear it. He wanted me listening to fucking slim Whitman and Roger Whitaker. And you know, kenny
0: loggins well you know this is this is interesting because uh i i heard sticks Hexenhammer the other day he was mentioning yeah. this and you know here we are 30 plus years removed from the 80s and mm-hmm. and and i can only relate to this because this was something that was very prevalent in my house was okay. was about the whole this is the devil's music shit oh yeah
1: yeah yeah you know
0: and these these preachers and these evangelists and you know it was such a big backlash that oh this is the devil's music and it's going to drive these kids to do all kinds of you know satan worshiping and all kinds of shit and of course uh penelope spears uh did you know the decline movie
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: and talked about that in the movie about you know the heavy metal devil horns and how this was gonna adversely affect society and how how we were gonna fall into despair and all this. And 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 my mother who bought into that mm-hmm. uh it was all about that because, you know, even as a kid, you know, I, I was, you know, I was into the rock and roll and you know, I like to wear the black jeans and, you know, sure. oh, you know, that's that. And, you know, of course, the long hair and, oh, you know, long hair, that's that's disobedience and that's uh, rebelliousness and that's this and that and, you know, wearing black, that's just sinister and you've got, you, you know, and the thing is, as I look back, you know, and here we are, we can look back at that now and go, that was fucking ridiculous. Who Who would buy into that? yeah people did and but but I'm not saying that some kids didn't fall into deviant lifestyles but mm-hmm. every generation falls into deviant lifestyles every kid every there are a few kids whether it's within them or it's their home environment or or whatever it is fall into some kind of deviant behavior And I don't, and I've never, not even as a kid, I never believed that, well, this is going to make me want to go out and murder somebody.
1: No, of course not. You know,
0: but, but that was the wisdom at the time. Oh, if you listen to Metallica, you're probably going to kill somebody.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. They, They, it was, dude, I remember my mom, my mom's best friend was this lady named Terry and her and her husband, Roland were, were really hardcore
0: Christians like really hard. It's interesting. His name was Roland. They were, they were, uh, <laughs> they, they were, uh, Holy Rolands.
1: Yeah, exactly. They really were <laughs> like to the point to the point that Roland played keyboards in the church band. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, it was like, even when we would go over to their house, they used to go, they used to get together on a Friday night and we had to go cause we were little kids, you know, and, and, We'd go over and they'd play Yahtzee or some shit. And then next thing you know, Roland's got the keyboard out and he's singing and playing keys. And we're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, cool, you know, whatever. But when I got to be a little bit older, about 15, I guess, they had one of those sermons, one of those seminars at the church about the the evil music. Yeah, of course. And so my mom, of course, went because Terry asked her and made me go because I was big into the music thing and literally and my dad what goes to this thing and they're they're popping up all these different albums and i have all of them you, know, you know? yeah yeah they're like, they're like here's judas priest and this caused a suicide <laughs> yeah of <for> course <laughs> and, and i'm like oh let me just duck my head down here what, what <laughs> you know was that just,
0: what was that evangelist guy who was out there really beating the drum about how evil rock music what was his name something larson or something oh, i don't even it was remember. like bruce larson or something like that he he had a lot of of evangelical uh tapes out there but he would analyze rock music and tell you how evil it was and
1: shit i don't i don't remember i just know that all the churches at the time were doing these seminars to try and teach parents how to raise their kids right and my dad was all but convinced to like throw out all my music at this, con- <laughs> this convention until they pulled out an album that both him and my mom enjoyed, uh, which was uh, the Eagles Hotel California. Oh yeah. That was well. They, okay. They go did ahead. Their, they, they did the 15 point presentation of the album cover. Right. With the long hair coming down from the balcony. And Well it was it was A-
0: Anton Neve.
1: Yeah. I mean the, the whole, the whole, they, they did the whole thing. And then, and it was funny because I, I just, you know how sometimes with your, with your parents, they didn't have to say anything. You just felt something was coming. I'm in that pew in the church and I'm just feeling my dad breathing fire on me, even though he's not saying anything. <laughs> you know, they're, they're showing Metallica. And they're, right. showing and and they're showing Jewel Priest. They're showing Yeah. All these bands that I was into at the right, time. Right. Of course. And then they showed they showed the um the eagles the hotel california and i just saw my dad my dad was like leaning forward like this on the um on the pew like forward yeah and then when they pulled up the eagles and put it back and he recognized the album he did one of these <sighs> he sat all the way back like okay this just turned to bullshit
0: yeah because they mentioned something my
1: like exactly and i was so happy because if they would have just stayed with that my dad probably would have come home had a huge fight with my mom because my mom would have stood up for the music because she was like a rock chick yeah yeah because
0: she she was the belkin you know banker yeah Yeah, so yeah so yeah so she was a little more open-minded a little more liberal when it came to the music
1: exactly Mm -hmm. so it would have been a big fight followed by him taking all my fucking music and get leaving me with the Bay City Rollers and, <laughs> you know, the best of best of three-dog night or something. Right. You know, that's all he would have let me keep. But, um, but because they did something he listened to, then he just wrote it off as all bullshit. Yeah, this is
0: bullshit because they mentioned something I like.
1: Well, thank God they did. Or I might have been, dude, you might not have a show today. <laughs> you know, cause I might've been gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is and and again, I didn't, I didn't buy into it at all, but, but it was the whole, you know, the evils of rock. And in fact, I, I had a lot of, uh, aspirations as a young person to want to play a musical instrument. Sure. And because I was so, uh, zealous about doing it, uh, they stifled that and wouldn't allow me to play musical instruments or take lessons because they and this is this is a quote from my mom. Uh, She told me that the reason they wouldn't allow me to do that is because of this concern that I would end up in some kind of a bar band and some kind of drug and alcohol <laughs> induced uh reckless lifestyle, you know. And it's just like for what? Because I wanted to play some kind of a musical instrument? That that's what's gonna drive me? Well, because you're so interested in that, you have this unusual fascination with that kind of music.
1: Oh please. So so you couldn't even be in the band or no, anything? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Dude, did I ever tell you that I was in the high school or the junior high school band? No. You're going to love this. Okay. F- uh, Photoshop people, get ready. <laughs> so in seventh grade, they let you, uh, you know, if you wanted to, ju- you remember when when they would first start teaching about band? Yeah. Yeah sixth or seventh grade and you had to go in and you had to pick your instrument yeah that of you course you know play, and right? and and the uh the the
0: instrument dealers were there yeah and you had to you know buy your trumpet or your drum mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you wanted to play and then of course they had you know finance programs that they right. could they could purchase your instrument for you
1: exactly mm-hmm. but then they and you also had the band instructor that was telling you that, you know, well, there's too many of these, so you can't play that. So you got to play, you know, this, because everybody wanted to play trumpet in, in, in our band. Everybody want to play trumpet or drums. That was it. Well, that's everybody what wanted I wanted to play. play. I wanted to play trumpet. Everybody wanted to, you either want to be a trumpet or a drummer. And, and, I, and, and I actually bought one. Oh,
0: a trumpet. Yes, I do. I have one. Can you play it? A, a little bit.
1: And yeah, just a little, Yeah, it's, I, I can play a little, but so. I go to this thing. And of course my mom is not with me at this thing to fucking shut me down. I wish she would have been, could have changed a lot of fucking abuse that I took, but there was this girl named Tina that went right in front of me and she had boobs. <laughs> was her name? Was her last name? Yothers? <laughs> no, no. Cause she was much prettier than Tina. <laughs> but, but I, in seventh grade. She had like 10th grade tits. <laughs> And I loved her. I was, I'm in sure you did. Who, who doesn't like,
0: who doesn't like a built girl, even, even at that age.
1: Yeah. So they, as we sat in the, in the room, like we, we sat and we had like a little presentation from the music teacher about, you know, how it works and, you know, how the band is laid out in practice and on the stage and on performances and, you know, blah, 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 blah all this shit. Right. So I'm sitting next to this girl, Tina, and I'm just kind of doing that side glance, looking at her boobs, <laughs> you know, and I'm just totally into this girl, Tina. Right. And so that's when the teacher starts going around saying, well, what do you want to play? So she said she wants to play a flute. So me sitting right next to her, I said, so do I. Yeah,
0: I want to play her flute.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I want, I want to
0: play part. a flute, I mean.
1: I wanted her to play my flute. Right. But, of course, I end up, because of that, being the only guy that will play a flute or a clarinet. So I am the flute guy in fucking junior high school band. <laughs> and to make it worse, then, for whatever reason, Tina didn't end up joining the fucking band.
0: Nice. So she she ducked out and you were stuck.
1: Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if her parents just decided they didn't want to spend the $800 on a fucking flute or something, but, but she didn't even end up in the band. So I ended up sitting with a bunch of girls I didn't like playing the fucking flute. And I played the fucking flute for two years before my mom, my mom wouldn't let me quit. I did the first year and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mom, I, I, I you know, I tried to go with, I want to be in the choir instead. <laughs> and, oh, fuck that! You, We spent $800 on this thing. You're playing that flute. Right. <laughs> so for two years I played the fucking flute.
0: Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny at a younger age? What we'll do for chicks,
1: anything, anything at all. I'll tell you what though. Being in the band was definitely good for meeting chicks because there was a lot of girls in that band. Of course. And a lot of the good-looking girls were in that band, so, you know, a lot of the cheerleaders and stuff were also in the band, which was great because, <laughs> you know, during the breaks and whatever, you could just kind of hang out and hit on them and, hey, baby, how are you? Right. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, and I was like you, dude, I wanted to play the trumpet. If If I would have had a choice, I would have picked the trumpet, like everybody else, but there was... I guess I had a choice, but I just didn't. I was just too stupid. Well,
0: obviously, I mean, it's no secret that I've on this show that, uh, you know, I was heavily influenced by the band Chicago. Sure. And I wanted to play the trumpet like Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. and and that was what I was really into, man. It's like, man, I want to play, you know, I want to play beginnings and I want to play, uh, you know uh, 25 oh, or six I to four whatever. or whatever. And it's right. like, Oh, you know, those long haired guys, drug addled dr- rock star. <laughs> you know,
1: right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so and then of course, okay.
0: <laughs> and then of course, you know, into the early eighties, by the time I was getting to the point to where I was graduating from college. And if you read my forward in the, the new Docking book, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I talk about working at the record store, And, you know, that all, that all kind of shifted at that point. So it, it kind of went heavier, harder at that point. Sure. But, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned how heavy MTV played a role, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing between you and I, I know you're a few years younger than me, but MTV was so influential. That, oh, yeah, that that was. everybody, you know, want it, whatever your style of music was, whether it was pop, whether it was the new wave, whether it was hard rock, whether it was metal, mm-hmm. you, you know, MTV was playing it. It's like, oh, man, that fucking rocks, man. I want to be like that. You know, I want yep. to buy that CD or that cassette or that album or whatever. And right. it was just oh that's devil's music. Look at Twisted Sister. Look at those fucking guys. <laughs> you know, look look at those look at those
1: drug addicts. Yep.
0: Those those deviants. Those those uh, you know those uh, dregs of society. You don't want to be like that. Well, I hate to say it, but they were kind of right. They all were drug addicts. Well, they were. <laughs> but they were and oh look at blackie lawless look at him fuck like a beast what kind of language
1: is that anyway son right that's disgusting they always focused on the the most outrageous ones Uh, you know it was always wasp twisted sister and motley crew
0: were pretty much the bad yeah of course but but they were over the top outrageous they had the makeup and the hair and the, the outfits and the you know they had the whole bondage gear going on and the leather and the studs and it's just like oh this is intimidating oh my
1: god you know I don't want my kid ended up like that yeah you didn't hear much much bullshit talked about I don't know Quiet Riot or Jafria or autograph Y and T Y and T was never part of that conversation of the bad music no you know they were always accepted yeah. <laughs> but, but but anybody
0: that uh, oh well, we'll look at look at uh, Motley Crue they got that whole pentagram thing on fire going on and you know it's crazy and scantily clad girls and that's not proper how chicks could dress you know and it's like oh my god it's like yeah, who doesn't who doesn't want a taut chick in a short skirt holy shit yeah,
1: that's bad yeah treat them like a like your like your buddies yeah. That just Got that it. just makes lust in your heart. Yeah, I want to fuck that chick. Yeah, that's wrong. Don't look at her like that. Look, the bottom line is, no matter how much you try to hide it, if you put, if you put chicks in burkas, at some point you'll be you'll be fucking trying to read the curves on the burka. If that's all you see, that 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 just happens, dude. Think about it. you've worked in you've worked office jobs before, obviously. Like, Absolutely, we, sure. Have you worked office jobs where there was a lot of women that worked at? I'm like, no, not really. I worked, I've worked several of those jobs and like, I'll use an exact example. The insurance company that I worked at, the insurance company that I worked at, when you walk in day one, you don't see anything that's, that's really that good. Maybe one or two chicks that you're like, "Mm, she's kind of hot. Once you've been there a little while, though, these fucking fours end up being sevens and sevens <laughs> Well, yeah, and you, you, you,
0: Well, you have to do. You have to make do with what's available.
1: Yeah. And you start rearranging them. You, <laughs> you really start saying you start having those fucking weird. I can tell you straight up. I rubbed some. I rubbed a couple out here at the house, thinking about chicks. That even now, I look at them on Facebook. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing? What was I doing back then?" You know, I was like, ugh. But back at when I was working and seeing them every day and little stupid things, them fucking putting a pencil in their mouth or something just sent my mind into the weird fucking place. Right. And I was like, oh, I bet you she does that with a dick too. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I get into those fucking weird places. Yeah. And I think everybody does. I think if, if you were the longer you're, everybody lusts women. Every heterosexual man lusts women. And a lot of, a lot of women lust, lust women, to be honest, because the female form is just gorgeous. But we lust it to the point that it, you know, that even if it's not that great, it's good enough. Yeah, you'll, you'll make it make do. Yeah, it's good enough. I mean, you know, you and I both know we've known some guys that clearly dated six miles above where they should have. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And even those guys will look at girls that are a four at an office, and if they work around them long enough, they'll be like, man, I'd like to fuck her too. <laughs> even, even though they're already fucking a, a regular nine. Yeah. It's, you know, there, there's two parts to, to every guy's lust. One, the hotness. Two, the strangeness. Yeah. And both things have equal weight, I think. Just one takes longer to figure out than the other. You know, the, the hotness is immediate, but the strangeness it's always there. Yeah. That's how, that's how so many people end up going home with chicks and then waking up wanting to chew their arm off to get away from them. <laughs> yeah. The coyote ugly. Yeah. They, cause they, cause they wake up in the morning and they're like, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. What you were, th- was it strange pussy? Yeah. That's why you did it. Mm-hmm. Well, I,
0: I can honestly say I've never ended up in that situation only because, you know, number one. You don't drink I, I don't drink and and that's a that's a big that's a big factor for a lot of guys that mm-hmm. that you know obviously uh your your common sense or good sense goes right out the window Yeah, and it's like yeah I'll just go with it what the fuck you know but yeah though I always heard that way back in the 80s about the whole coyote ugly thing oh yeah and and here's the here's the funny thing I and and I talked to you about this about a week ago um my my uh pseudo mom my my mom who passed away she was on the show i can't believe it was like 6 years ago yeah and she she and her husband owned the club that i worked at out in california right. and I, and she passed away back in august last year and um i was listening the the cms live stream was on and there was a point where she came on the show with us and you were kind of interrogating her, uh, and, and interviewing her about me. Right. Sure. And well, what was he like back then? You know, what, what was his deal, you know? And she was just getting kind of a big kick out of everything you were asking her and stuff and laughing about it and stuff. And, uh, we would be at the club and be sitting there and stuff. And, you know, these girls would come up and they would kind of, you know, talk to me and kind of, you know, flirt with me and stuff and, and whatever. And after I was done talking to them, uh, for whatever, a few minutes or whatever, uh, I would turn around and look at her and she would look at me and then she would, <laughs> she would just do this. <laughs> If you don't have the CMS TV, you have no idea what I just did, but but Chris gets it. That's funny. That's exactly what she would do every time. She would just like. <laughs> Basically, run. Yeah. Don't fall asleep. Don't have her fall asleep on your arm and you'll be chewing your arm off to get away from her.
1: Exactly,
0: You know, but, but I was never, I was never the promiscuous type anyway. And it wasn't like I was going to just say, yeah, why don't you come home with me tonight? It's like that. Yeah. That's not happening. It's like, no way.
1: I've definitely done that. Ugh,
0: no, and
1: I, I'm, I, I ain't gonna lie. I had no shame in it either. Even, even the next morning when, when you realize that it just wasn't good, you know, it, it's like, like I, I wrote in, I think it's in my, I think it's in the newest book about this one chick that, that I, I ended up going home with and then, and then come to find out she was like the, the barracks bang, like <laughs> everybody had fucked. Her. She was the pass around girl. She was, her nickname was four fingers because <laughs> pussy was so big that fucking you could take four fingers and go up in her. You could almost go fisting her. You really could. You know, now I'm thinking about it. I don't know that I wrote this in the book. So, so, so at, at any event, I'm out, I'm out partying with, with my buddies and um and she comes up to me and she's like she's like D-. we were in this little club called the heavy metal club and um it had a dance floor that probably is not as big as my office here in the, you know here at the house so you can imagine how big this thing was and it was always you know like eight people would be up dancing on this little tiny <laughs> dance floor. well
0: as uh, as my mom's husband would say Nellie's husband would say is they they had a dance floor the size of a postage stamp.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's about what this was. It was <laughs> a really tiny dance floor, exactly. But I was fucked up, and this girl had kind of like hit on me, like in regu- like in the barracks and stuff. But it was it always seemed almost, you know how there's like legitimate hitting on somebody, and then there's playing around or fake. Yeah, I get it. You know, and, and it would be, we'd be in the barracks and she'd like rub up on my arm and she'd be like, Ooh, I'd like to feel that. Yeah, I'm sure you would. What, you know, that, you know, but it, but it always was like, it never felt like it was a real thing. It just was like kind of phony. So I never really thought anything about this chick. I just thought she was just playing around or whatever. And, and I knew that she had been, you know, dating a couple different people in the barracks. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I didn't think anything of it. So one night, the parties always started in my room, and so we were having a party in my room, and we're getting all fucked up, and we're drinking soju. We're drinking um, (laughs) Southern Comfort was my drink at the time. I'm I'm drinking bottles of soju. They they sold, you could buy a case of soju for about $4. Wow, that's cheap shit. It was cheap shit. But the top of it had formaldehyde, so you had to kind of flick the bottle to get the formaldehyde <laughs> off the top. Of
0: the- so, so you had to take the poison off.
1: You had to. It was really, uh, it was an art, but we would flick this stuff off and then we would drink the, we would drink the soju. Well, I never liked the taste of soju much. So a lot of times I would drink, I would chug soju bottles because they were small. They were, they were like, like a water bottle. Like well,
0: a well, bottle. Does, does raw alcohol of any kind really taste good?
1: Well, this stuff was bad. Well, it that's just, what I'm.
0: That's what I'm saying. No matter how, what, what you're yeah. drinking, if if you're drinking straight no. alcohol, you know, w- whether it's whiskey or anything, it, does it really taste good?
1: No, not usually. No. I, I like Southern Comfort straight. I, I do like that straight.
0: Do you like the taste?
1: I do like the taste.
0: Really? Yeah. So so Comfort, do you, do you do you actually taste it or do you just shoot it down your throat?
1: No, I taste it. I'll I'll drink Southern Comfort slow sometimes. Okay sipping like i'd rather sip that than like jack daniels all right or do,
0: do you drink it straight or do you put it on ice or how do you drink it
1: ice ice it okay it's like sugary i don't know if you've ever had southern Comfort. i have it, I've, I've had southern comfort
0: i've drank jack daniels i've drank uh jim beam you know
1: yeah. southern comfort is is you know it's it's kind of like pussy man's whiskey because it's got <laughs> it's got sweetener in it so that it's not that you know, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's, a, not,
0: it's not a harsh burn your throat. shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's got that sweetness to it, but so I'm, I'm shooting bottles of soju and I'm chasing with, um, with a, a, a fifth of stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, and, and that was just what we did back hey, then. Says, and, man, know, I, I hope my, I hope
0: my uh, stomach can handle this, but okay, here we go.
1: Dude, I was iron stomach, and and honestly, I never cared if I puked anyway. If I puked, it was all the better. I <laughs> could just drink more. That's the
0: whole thing with you that that I have to laugh about. It's just like,
1: yeah, I'll stick my dick in anything. I'll drink anything. I'm an Iron Man. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't care. It's it's fun. <laughs> the party is fun. No matter to to me, the party is is the fun. Yeah. It's not about the drinking. It's not even about the. The fucking, it's about the party. It's about getting there. It's about the fun of it. So, so in any event, we're having this party in my room and everybody's drinking the soju and we're all passing Southern Comfort around and getting fucked up. (laughs) This girl shows up in, 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 in my room and she's more, more enamored with me than normal. You know, we're, we're in the room and next thing I know we're making out or something and you know, and it was just music's playing, shit's going on. And, you know, she, like, grabbed me and started kissing me. So I fucking pushed her up against a wall locker start started kissing her back, you know? Some love but, potion number nine. But even then, I didn't, and again, this was how it was there. I didn't think anything of it. It was like, okay, that was cool. We're all going downtown. Do you want to go with us? She was like, yeah, you know, cool. So we all go. We get a big table at the heavy metal club. And we're all there, and we're pounding beers, drinking OB beers. Then the reason we're drinking OB, because it was cheap as shit, but it came in big bottles. So you could get a lot of beer for with OBs. <laughs> so, but it was awful, but who cared? So we're drinking OBs at the table, and they're playing, you know, all kinds of metal and stuff, the 80s metal at the time. And at one point, they played, um, I don't know, I I wish my mind could still remember this, but. They played something that was a ballad at the time, whatever the ballads were at like, like home, White Hormert, Snake, the, This Is Love, or something. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't know what it'd be. Ballad of Jane. I don't know. Whatever it was. And she's like, Do you want to dance? And I was like, Yeah, let's go. So I get up and I'm like slow dancing with her, and me and her just start making out. Next thing I know, she's like pawing at my ass and at my <laughs> ball. So like, right. Yeah. This is fucking rocking. So. I I just kind of was, you know, I looked at her and it was like that, that look, you know, like, Hey, let's go fuck look. And I was like, you want to leave? And she's like, yeah, let's go. I was like, okay, cool. So we get a cab and we go back to my room in the barracks and we, we get, we get to the barracks and I don't know what I'm thinking, but it was so fucking stupid. (laughs) It, it, It was We get there and instead of just going for it, like I should have, I'm like, so do you want to watch a movie or something? It's like, what are you in today's world? I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I should have just been like ripped the the shirt open and fucking got to those tits. But instead I'm like, Oh, you want to watch a movie?
0: Yeah. You're trying to be gentlemanly.
1: Yeah. And she's like, okay. So we put on some movie and then we get on the bed and like the bed, it was like bunk beds because I had a roommate. And the beds were kind of catty corner, the TV. So we were kind of like sitting on the bed, like in the middle, but not long ways. Like the bed is like the short way. So that we were facing the TV. That makes sense. (laughs) Okay. And and so legs are hanging off the bed and we, we start, you know, we kind of lean back against the wall and start making out. And she she starts like rubbing my dick, and I was like, "All right, now now I'm like fucking rock fucking hard." Right. And she just kind of she like goes down on me and starts giving the worst blowjob, <laughs> even to this day I've ever had.
0: Yeah, did she rake your dick?
1: No, she didn't do that. It was the it was the other the other way that it could be horrible. It was the the kind of blowjob that fucking. They, they just suck on just the top of, the yeah, neck.
0: she wasn't just fully dead. committed. She just was oh. like, uh, she was just like lipping the, lipping yeah. the tip. Yeah. That quarter inch movement. <laughs> <on the head laughs> of the yeah. She, she wasn't fully, she wasn't fully in.
1: No, and no, no, no addressing the balls at all. No, no, no the of crap. course
0: not. Well, that that's, that's an inexperienced girl right there.
1: Yeah, it just was awful. So I'm sitting there and I'm I'm watching this and I'm like enjoying watching it, but it's awful. It's terrible. So I just at one point I just get up and I'm like I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And I, I just start pulling her pants off her and then getting her clothes off. And I I put my dick in her and I I kid you not, and maybe I got a tiny dick, I don't know, but I'm not getting anything. <laughs> no I mean, friction I, no
0: friction at no, all
1: nothing it was like, like
0: throwing a hot dog down a hallway as the old saying
1: <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad but i mean it was like it was like you know when you first put your right when you very first put your dick in a chick and like you just feel the pussy kind of open up a little yeah, bit yeah to, yeah, you're you're spreading you're spreading it out a little bit yeah you're you know you feel it taking it a little bit I felt that little tiny bit and then nothing.
0: Yeah. It was like black Sabbath into the void.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was like, what? And and I literally at one point pulled back to make sure I didn't just flat out miss. Right. I thought I missed. And then at some point I was like, Oh my God, I'm in this fucking big, deep pussy. And I'm like, I'm like trying to, I I put her legs on my shoulders (laughs) And I was trying to wrap my arms around her legs to squeeze her legs together. Right.
0: To get some friction.
1: Get something. And there just was nothing happening yeah, there.
0: It was, it, it was like, it was like uh, you know, screw in the air.
1: Ugh. So after like a couple of minutes, I literally said, I'm done. Uh, and I just got off her. I just got off of her and put my clothes back on. And we ended up watching the rest of the movie till we fell asleep. It was the worst. It was the single worst episode in my entire life. Yeah, there's just nothing there, honey. Yeah, uh, And and I was like, Good lord. You know, and, and believe me, it makes you question yourself. <laughs> it's like it's like, all right, I thought I had a decent sized thing.
0: She said she goes, Well, you know, thanks for the thrill ride there, thumb dick. Yeah, no
1: shit. I was like, what the hell? I was like like it's never felt that. That fucking tiny to everybody else. What yeah. the hell happened? Here? Yeah, she was she was just wallowed out. Well, she uh, well, and it was funny because the next day I'm at breakfast, you know, in the mess hall. I'm sitting with my buddies and they're like, Hey, I saw that you went home with blah blah blah. I'm not gonna say her name. Yeah. But you know, you know, I and I was like I was like, Yeah, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. We we kinda hung out for a while and they were like and that's when I heard the fucking four fingers for the first time. Ah, nice. And, and a couple of the guys were like, were like talking about how she had such a big fucking pussy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's, that's, I don't know how we got to the story, but.
0: We <laughs> were well, talking about the evils of heavy metal.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was one of those evils. All yeah,
0: right. It turned you into a deviant.
1: Yes, it did.
0: Well they banging, was, oh. banging chicks that were all wallowed out.
1: Yep. Well, she definitely was nice girl. I mean, she was nice, but oof, I think I needed a two by four strap to my ass to get in there. <laughs> Jeez. nice.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, when, you know, working at the club in California, um, you know, I, I made acquaintances with a lot of chicks, but man, just the thought of dragging them home or something was just like, Yeah, I don't want this girl in my apartment.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just different in the military because everybody was in the barracks anyway. Yeah, I get you. You know, so it really wasn't, you know, y'all were going to the same place anyhow. It was just a different room within the same house. The worst part when you messed around with the chicks in the barracks was, was not the banging, you know, at the time it was the, no, there's two worst parts. One was inevitably you ended up either fucking in front of somebody or around somebody. <laughs> you know, because there was always, you know, all the barracks rooms had three people. In yeah. Them. So, you know, and, and we were all 20-year-olds, whatever. So it, it wasn't like we were going to go get a hotel. None of us had any fucking money. Yeah, of course. It, 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 it was the community fuck room. Yeah. And that's what we all did was... I I can remember putting, putting a girl in the, in the wall locker just so that we wouldn't be, so that her roommate wouldn't be watching us fuck on the bed. So I put her in a wall locker and banged her in a wall locker. Oh, nice. (laughs) Dude. I mean, there was, that was just how it was. That was one of the things that was bad in the, in the barracks. And then the other thing that was bad was when you really just didn't give a shit when it was just really was just kind of, you know, was Saturday night and you offered. So I fucked you. You know, when it was that kind of a scenario, the the week after that on your barracks door, you know, just trying to because they all wanted you to they all wanted you to be, you know, in a relationship. In yeah. Because the yeah. they gave you that golden flower. Yeah, I guess. It was like, you know, it was constantly. Are you in there? No, I'm not. Are you in there, Aiken? <laughs> nope nope good
0: <laughs> man good times man yeah uh, it's it's hard to believe that uh, that was 30 you know 30 plus years ago
1: dude that was that was so long ago man mm-hmm. 80 87 88 mm-hmm. that was a long time ago it is I, I gotta think that anybody that was in the service at the same time At least that was overseas did the same shit because part of being overseas was that whole, you know, you were out in the wild, wild west. There were no rules. Even the the guys and chicks that were all married, they all were fucking everybody. (laughs) You know, every, there was no rules. There were so many guys that I knew that were married that were, that had two or three different girlfriends, two girlfriends downtown. And then another one in the barracks and you know, no one cared. Nobody cared, man. It was, it was all just a fuck fest for two and a half years. insane.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I got to, I I don't know if I told this story on the show before, but, uh, um, (laughs) at the club, we used to have, um, exotic dance night. Okay. And the girls from the Hollywood Tropicana, would come Mm -hmm. up and do their show at the club. Right. Right. So it was typically like six of these girls would show up and they all had their own shtick. They all had their own little act that they put on and, and so on and so forth. And I got to know this one girl, her name was Debbie Cristello. Okay. And she was a, uh, uh, what was, what was her claim to fame? She was a, um, Hawaiian tropic girl. Okay. And, uh, beautiful beautiful little little uh, brunette
1: well i'll bet probably a little stout body right yeah yeah yeah
0: and uh you know i got to know her a little bit and and she you know she was always friendly toward me and stuff and you know even though these girls made bank on Mm -hmm. a lot of times for some reason they never had money
1: right and
0: and i think a lot of it had to do with probably a majority of them was like they were like doing blow and You know, they, they, whatever. So I got to know this girl and she, she didn't have a car and she would have to go to these different clubs and do these shows. And she was just like, yeah, you know, I was just wondering, you know, could you give me a ride? Okay. And she lived in Fontana, California, which was, you know, it was, it was like, I don't know, 40 miles from me. So, so I would go, so, so I would go pick her up and take her, you know, bring her to the club or whatever the case may be. Right. And, um, you know, I, I liked her as a person, but you know, because of the lifestyle that she led, it was just like, yeah, you know, she's pretty hot and she's friendly and she's a good looking girl and stuff. But boy, there, there's just no way that, that ever
1: would develop
0: into anything.
1: You're that guy that wouldn't date the stripper. No,
0: it's, I liked her, but, but she was just, she was just too aloof. Right. You know what I mean? Because, because every guy liked her, you know what I mean? Right. But, but she did like me on a, on a personal level. And, you know, of course she, she used me for rides and things. And I got that. I, I wasn't naive and, and I, you know, I liked her as a person and stuff. So anyway, I was dating this other girl at the time. Okay. And her sister wanted to go to this club down in, um, Rancho Cucamonga. Okay, which is down uh, along Interstate Ten in Southern California. People who right. listen to the show may know where I am talking about. And they, mm-hmm. there was this new club down there. It was called Charlie's, and okay. so I was, I was, uh, so I went with this this girl and her sister, and I was down at this club, and I was with them. And who should be there? This, oh no, this Debbie Cristello, right? Oh, so, so I'm, I'm out on the dance floor with the girl that I came with. Right. And this, this Debbie sees me, right? She walks right out on the dance floor, grabs my arm and literally dragged me away from my date. What? Seriously. Oh, I'd have been pissed. And she was just like what are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, I'm out with this girl and her sister and we're down here. And so she, she's just like, I didn't know you came to places like this. And I go places like what? And she goes, well, you know, I I know you from this other club and she was giving me this whole thing. And I said, so what's the deal? And she goes, well, who's that girl? And I, (laughs) well, that was the whole thing. It's just like, why do you care? right and it was almost like she was jealous or something could have been it was bizarre it was just like and so of course now i have to explain to my date who this other Mm -hmm. girl is and she goes well who's that oh just some stripper i know
1: (laughs) yeah just some whore i know
0: exactly (laughs) just this chick that does blow that i give rides to right of course (laughs) so talk about an awkward moment man
1: Isn't that weird how and guys do this too. I don't want to just throw this only on chicks, but isn't that weird how people in general create more of a relationship than they generally have true with people. They do it all the time. It's always weird to me. Like if I'm hanging out with, you know, with somebody with anybody and, and they're like, Oh, well, uh, you got to go because, uh, I have a friend coming over. <laughs> I have a friend coming. Oh yeah, who's your friend? And I and you know I would never ask that because it's like you know I, I I get it. You're going. You're dating somebody else. So what? I'm not trying to date you. You know what's the what's the problem? Yeah. But but it's always people seem to get really weird about that kind of shit. Yeah. Like they've invented more than there is. You know it's it's such a goofy. People are goofy,
0: <laughs> don't I know it?
1: I I just never understand when you say when when you say you're not dating, and both sides say it, and then one of them gets jealous if you're spending time with someone else. Yeah, what what does that? How does that make make any sense? And I I almost think it's kind of human nature ish.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it is of course. There's there's a little bit of territorialism yeah. uh, in anything like that.
1: Yeah. You're enough mine that you can't be anybody else's. Right. <laughs> even if you're not even connected at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah. But I, I think about that, that incident and I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, cause, cause I never dated that girl. We never went out. We never even kissed or nothing, you know, nothing. I just gave her a ride. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're mine. <laughs> you know, it's like, who, who's that girl? Who are you with? What are you doing here?
1: that's insanity it's like, why why do you care yeah but she obviously did and then after that was it weird back at the club I, after that i don't you,
0: think that i saw her after that to be honest with you
1: but she stopped working there because uh, of well
0: she she was on a circuit you know she didn't come every week you know it was just, okay see you know th- different girls came every week and so she okay. maybe maybe came up like once a month
1: right but okay. i
0: I don't recall that I even saw
1: her after that. She got off that circuit, perhaps she didn't want to see you cheating with other <laughs> <laughs> with other people you weren't dating exactly <laughs> but but talk about talk
0: about having to explain that
1: yeah that's a that's a little weird
0: yeah who's who's that girl what what's her story you know and she just dragged me away from her. <laughs> crazy yeah weird people are weird (laughs) all right i say we take a break okay i think this is something we can all relate to all right this is uh this goes back to the 80s which we were so familiar with okay it's a classic it's some it's some docking all right it's the kiss of death (laughs) exclusively
1: here on your classic metal show hi this is don dock and you're tuned into the classic metal show the hardest rockin show on the dial keep rockin with dockin